Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on Five Reasons YouTube. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. You get all of our content, including before floor, an hour before every heat game, post up 5R as soon as the heat game ends, and content on all the other South Florida teams. And FiveReasonsSports.com, spell that one out for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others without a newspaper paywall. Also, we mentioned the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We got a product code for two different products here. It's 5RSN. That's the number 5 RSN, use that for 25% off on all your premium CBD at therapistpreferred.com. That's a gummy, the tincture, the sports cream. All of that at therapistpreferred.com for 25% off. And for all of your men's grooming products, go to manscaped.com. You get 20% off with that same product code, 5RSN. That's the cologne, the razors, and everything else. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off. Therapist Preferred for 25% off using the product code 5RSN. And now, tonight's episode. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me is Brady Hawk. You can follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305. Um, again, I'm Greg Sylvander, and we have actually traveling uh, to to do uh, some t- a TV hit is Ethan J. Skolnick. Um, so we didn't expect him to have on the show tonight. Uh, Ethan, I know you're driving, so we want to give you your just due to kind of dive in here. Give us your take on what you saw in the Miami Heat's 116-108 loss up in Philadelphia. They are now in a 2-2 series. It's a best of three heading back to Miami for game five. Uh, just kind of your overall takeaways, and then we'll take the episode from there. Well, I don't know that I'd recommend podcasting and driving. I don't know if this is legal in this state, although everything else is. Uh, but what we're going to talk about on WSVN tonight, a, a few topics. I mean, number one is this. Um, well, there's two real primary things. Number one is this Miami Heat team was rebuilt in the offseason so that they would not need to rely on Jimmy Butler to do everything. And two games in Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler did everything, and they lost both anyway. And that, to me, is – we can talk about rotations, and I'm sure you guys will, and Buck Robinson, and whether Kyle Lowry should be playing at all, because my thought is he shouldn't be if he's going to look like that. But to me, the single biggest takeaway is, like, this team is supposed to be deeper than this. They're supposed to be stronger than this. They should not need – Jimmy Butler to be taking on Joel Embiid in the post possession after possession after possession to stay into the game, stay in the game. And that leads to the second part of this. 
which is that this was the best three-point shooting team in the league during the regular season. You cannot win. And look, they know this. It's not like they're not trying. But you cannot win road games in the modern NBA, where it's so three-ball reliant, shooting under 20% three, uh, you know, against a, a quality team at home in the postseason. You're just not going to win. And if you look at the disparity in the three-point makes tonight, that's not just the game. It's like triple what the, what the deficit was uh, as it turned out. And so I do think that Eric Spolster needs to look at some things. You know, it's one thing to say that Max Struess has been really good as a starter this year, but him continuing to miss all of those open shots is now as deflating as it was when Duncan Robinson was missing him earlier in the season. And the other guys on this team just see, can't seem to get comfortable from three. And so I do think you need to look at Duncan. I think you need to look at perhaps, you know, if Kyle is, like I said, if Kyle is going to look like this in two days where he's really giving you nothing, start Gabe. Start Gabe. Okay, and then you roll Oladipo and Hero off the bench like you're doing. But, but tonight uh, felt like they were kind of standing around waiting for Jimmy to do everything. That is not a sustainable strategy in the postseason in 2022 because the problem is, as great as Jimmy is, he's getting twos while they're getting threes for the most part. I know he made a couple of threes, but it's not his game. Your three-point shooters have to start making shots. Bam Adebayo needs to give you more than just sort of empty numbers offensively. Um, and Kyle Lowry, honestly, at this stage, guys, and I'll, I'll stay on for one more to get your thoughts on it. I think he needs to sit. I, I, I just, I don't think he gave you anything in either of these two games. And in a, in a lot of ways, I think he disrupted some of the rhythm that they had. So I, I, I would, you know, I know how proud he is. I get it. He's not a hundred percent and he's not making them better right now. Yeah. And the three point shooting, I just, I can't emphasize enough where you went with that on the road, but just in, in general, seeing them shoot uh, 38% in the regular season, it's all the way down under 28%. I think in the postseason now, if uh, this game's going to skew the stat a bit, but to drop that much, this is a team built around the need for that shooting to take place and they need to make shots. I mean, I hate to say you live and die by the three because there was once a day where you would say teams that lived and died by the three die, but that's not the, it's not supposed to be the case anymore. Brady, I know that we're going to talk about rotations and all this other stuff, but just pertaining to what Ethan went over, uh, what, where do you stand on Kyle uh, and how they manage him go forward. And also Max, because I, I agree with Ethan, like at this point, Max Struess either needs to be that ignitable three-point shooter, or they need to find someone else to try to do that. Gabe obviously couldn't do that tonight, but we didn't see any Duncan Robinson. What were, just what were your thoughts on those two key things had, uh, you know, from game four? Yeah, I think for one individually with Kyle, I don't see him playing next game. And I think that's an individual thing because he had two breakaway layups in this game. Both of them, he obviously has to push off, has to sprint, he has to get down the floor. Both of those, he's kind of getting back down the floor and he's grabbing his hamstring because it's still uh, obviously something that's tightening up. He's able to push through it in a game like this, but that's not going to be the case in 24 hours. Like that's going to be one of those things that lingers and tightens up. I just can't see him being ready for that next game. Uh, but the issue we talked about last game where on the court, the issue was the second and third level for him. Like the, he was getting to the pull-up, it's there, he's not taking it. There was He was intentional early in the game. If you look at the first possession, the first possession for Miami was a pull-up three for Kyle. Obviously, they went over that and it was intentional. But now it's blending into the first level of the half court where 
there was plenty of times that, well, first of all, we used to talk about it all the time. We'd say, oh, can he get to the rim? Okay, well, he's getting to the rim. He's not putting the ball up at the rim. Well, now it's, it's kind of sitting around looking for the next guy, kicking it out. Now you're resetting. It just seems like there's so many points here uh, where he's just not willing to really score and at these points in the game. So uh, it's hard for me to see. I think Gabe probably does start next game because I just think it's really hard to see Kyle being healthy at that point. Uh, and the max thing, it's funny because you look at the stat and the stat does not match like what really was thought of, of max in this game, because he was two of five, two of five from three. And it felt a lot worse because he was kind of just not a part of the offense. in A lot of ways where I feel like he is, I feel like his kind of offense and shooting comes from other guys being able to shoot from the outside because there's that gravity outside. Uh, there's enough gravity with Tyler, which I know we're going to get into with the blitzing. But there just needs to be some type of pull in the perimeter for him to get going because he's a release valve shooter. Like we talked about, he's not Duncan. He's not the guy inside the action that's going off handoffs. He's a guy that's going to be the release valve of an offense. And when you're continually getting to the basket, you're continually getting to the rim, uh, in particular Jimmy and, and Vic and getting to the line, uh, there's just something there where, where they're going to collapse a little bit. And then you have these shots. With the shooting in itself, I do want to say that Yes, the shooting, they're missing a lot of shots. Like, it's pretty obvious. 17% from three to 48% from three at one point was the uh, difference in shooting. But I'd say the shot profile on both of these teams are equally as just opposites. Like, Philly's getting decent looks, and it's not to say Miami's playing bad defense. It's kind of schematically of what they want to do at these certain points. You want to let these other guys shoot because you're so focused on the inside on Embiid. But their shots that they're getting are not the cleanest, it feels like. Like, when you're looking at them, Yes, it's driving kicks. It's, it feels like there's not as much perimeter-based pull-ups because they're blitzing. Uh, but I feel like that's just more of the important thing to note is just there's going to have to be a way. The shooting will come back to itself, specifically at home. Like, it'll probably come back to itself. But there has to be a difference, I guess, in the way they treat it and the way they get those looks uh, in Game 5. I mean, seven playoff games uh, before tonight. Jimmy Butler was shooting almost 36% from three. He's probably their best three-point shooter in the playoffs, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Ethan, I know you're on the road, so I'm going to give you one last shot here. If there's anything else you want to chime in with that Brady touched on uh, related to maybe Kyle not playing in the next game. I know he did look like he was coming up lame a bit there, and, and if that tightens up overnight, et cetera, that, that could be an issue. Um, do, do you expect – uh, them to be conservative with Kyle or is game five, everyone on the line kind of situation? Well, a couple of things. Uh, first thing is you talked about this all season. Sometimes this team is better when a piece is taken out. And, and, and I don't mean Wayne Dedman. I, I mean, one of their sort of core four pieces, they've played better without everybody together. Now they've ins inserted Oladipo. So it's like their four or five pieces. I would pull Kyle out next game and I think it gives you the opportunity to do something else also I would take a look at starting Tyler Hero with Gabe Vincent in the next game um, and bringing Oladipo off the bench with either Struess or Robinson I, I think that taking Kyle out gives you the opportunity to do that I don't know that I would do it if Kyle starts but I think if Gabe starts you can justify putting Tyler into the starting lineup to the rest of your group to give yourself another guy uh, who obviously they are blitzing, they are playing a different way. Perhaps they would blitz him less if he's in the starting lineup with Jimmy. Maybe Tyler could get off a little bit sooner. I, I still feel like Tyler's getting to some good things. He's just not getting to them consistently. So I feel like maybe that 
my that is the move. I know others are going to took it. Okay, you put Duncan in the starting lineup with Lowry. I don't think he's going to do that right now, and I don't trust that as a starting backcourt. Um, I don't know that just playing Duncan for a few minutes off the bench is enough. I do think if you put Tyler in as a starter, as long as, again, as long as it's another move with it, it doesn't come off to your group like a panic move. And then you could, again, mix in either Robinson or Struess with, with uh, you know, off the bench with Depot, with Oladipo handling a little bit more um, and, and creating some offense that way. So that may seem a little bit radical for a 2-2 series, but I'll tell you this, and this is my final thought on this, and I'll let you guys handle the rest of it. I, I, don't, I don't think this is as simple as go home and everything works out. You know, I know sometimes we overact to these series because the Heat have been in plenty of series where they've won the first two games and dropped the next two games, okay? And then the sky is falling and everything looks different. All NBA teams are in those kind of series. But, but remember, there was a major change made in game three, which was Joel Embiid came back, Okay. So this is not as simple as Philadelphia just went home. This is Philadelphia went home and added a player who's a top three MVP candidate. And Miami's reaction to it is simply not good enough. And the only real sort of counter that they seem to have other than more and more Jimmy is if the three, th three point shooting uh, normalizes and there's just no way to guarantee that. So I, I don't think Eric Spolcher could just say, okay, let's just go home, go with the same group rely on our fans and everything's going to be fine. This is completely different matchups, different series than we saw in game one and games two guys. I mean, they were starting Deandre Jordan. So I'm not panicked. Okay. I still think they win this series, but I do think that he has to make changes. And we've talked about the Tyler hero starting card. I might play it now. I might play it now. And I, I certainly would play the Kyle. You're not ready card. Um, let's wait until you are. We push this a little bit too soon. We need you to be 100% or close, yeah. something, 80% well, at least. He's not that right now, guys. And to your point also about it not looking like a panic move, if Kyle um, is obviously hindered in any way, that's also, you know, reinforces making a change like that and not looking like a panic move. I'm kind of with you there. I like Tyler in that scenario, although Depot did get that start in um, game five against Atlanta. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, <clears throat> on a side note, Jimmy Butler ended the, the game with two steals and James Harden was one assist shy of a double double. So uh, those were my big picks on prize picks tonight. So uh, they worked out really well for me. So although the Miami Heat didn't win, prize picks was very kind to your boy. Check out prizepicks.com. It's daily fantasy made easy. You pick overs and unders for your favorite players. It's super simple. The more that you, uh, more correct picks you do together, the better your uh, odds of uh, doubling, tripling, even winning up to 10 times, 20 times your money. So uh, use the code five, F-I-V-E. That's the key to this because that'll double your initial deposit up to $100. And then you can win watching your favorite players, even if they end up losing in playoff games, because tonight is always a tough one when they lose. But at least I can take solace in, in, in a little bit of, of chump change coming back my way for Jimmy getting those two steals in the third quarter. Uh, check out pricepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E to double your initial deposit. Again, that's prize picks daily fantasy made easy for sure. All right. Um, Ethan is gone. So we're going to dive into some of the uh, specifics here because a couple of things I want to touch on. 
and make sure that we get them out of the way. Uh, one thing there is, this is a different circumstance than what we've seen in past, like teams just go home and they win too. Um, and then you, you know, it's like the series doesn't start until the home team loses. There is still a degree of truth to that here. But with Joel Embiid being inserted, it is incumbent on Miami to figure out how they're going to now make an adjustment to figure that out because it has changed the complexion of this series. The shooting is totally weird, but Joel Embiid is a great defender, so you don't know how much of it is attached to that. But here's something I just want to remind Heat fans of. Um, the Heat are 18-0 and when starting a series 2-0. and um, They... Typically, there's been many, many series where they've gotten punched in the mouth and punched back. So this series isn't over. Like, I think it's important to walk away from this knowing that game five is still in their building. They played all season uh, with home court for a reason. So do not let go of the rope. There is things that we're going to continue to touch on to break down from game four that are pertinent to discuss because there is stuff we should be concerned about. But let's not act like the sky is falling just yet because they still have games to win at home and the Sixers got to win one in Miami to win the series. So anyway, let me jump off that culture driven soapbox. Uh, Brady, let's let, let's kind of go Tyler hero for a second, because this is getting weird with him for me because I, you know, that I love Tyler hero and I want him to succeed in Miami and I want save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Him to be a long term key cog, but what that's going to require is him kind of uh taking some of the burden off Jimmy. And although Ethan said, you know, that we're kind of back to this place where Jimmy's doing everything, I think that that may be a little extreme. It's not necessarily been that way all season. I think that maybe that's just kind of the recency bias of the seven playoff games, eight playoff games, and that is not a full playoff run, et cetera. So I, I just don't know that we can make that firm declaration yet, but Tyler needs to be that scorer, right? And I feel like we're not there yet. He just seems a little off. Um, he was getting blitzed heavily. I want Brady, you to kind of break down what you saw from him and his decision-making there. And just like missing easy bunnies that he usually hits. Um, so what what from what what are you looking at from Tyler Hero uh, as he continues to rebound above his position? But you know, other than that, yeah. it's kind of been rough. Yeah, I think narrative based in this game when Jimmy was kind of getting it going in the third, and you were kind of flowing into the fourth. I kept saying they're one little mini Tyler Hero run from like really being in this game. Like that's all they needed was a short little spurt that we've seen so many times this season, uh, and they'd be in a perfect spot. Like he just needed that second guy but the reason I feel like it's a, a little weird is because uh they're focused on him a lot like they're not focused on Jimmy Butler they're not focused on Bam Adebayo they're focused on Tyler Hero and Doc Rivers has said that since game one where he yeah. said in his post-game pressers that get uh, physical right he for one get physical and he also said something along the lines of we don't care if it like if they make a mistake we're but we cannot make a mistake on Tyler Hero like that was the one guy that they were focused on more than anything 
Uh, and they're definitely getting physical with him, but the blitzing has shown to really bother him because you're throwing a seven footer and Joel Embiid out of him basically in the middle of half court in that sideline and basically forcing him uh, to make that extra pass over the top. And that's, we've talked about maybe the shaky turnovers that happen sometimes when he's put under pressure. And that's basically what they're trying to get him to do. There was the one that I'm thinking of in my head right now, but they blitzed out kind of in that half court sideline. He threw a cross court pass to the corner, which is the soft spot, which is open, but it went over his head and went out of bounds. That's kind of the idea there. They're throwing him off his game. We talked about before how the drop coverage is sitting there to take advantage of. We saw it in game one. We saw it in game two, just high pick and roll, bam, Tyler. We're like, okay, this is pretty simple. Just get to your spots. It's pretty easy to pick apart a DeAndre Jordan or Paul Millsap, whoever they put out there. Well, they've adjusted, and they've said, we're not going to let Tyler here get to his spots. We're going to make sure he's uncomfortable for the however many minutes he played tonight, which I think was a little bit more than uh, last game. Now it's at 34, obviously, because they shrunk the rotation. Uh, but there has to be some adjustments there. Like, it's got to be a point where they're really worried. That it also ties into the shooting, I will say, as well, because they're blitzing high. The player from the corner who's guarding that corner is coming up to the middle to guard whoever's flashing that middle who would be just blitzed out off of. Uh, and they're forcing you to make that pass to that corner. They're also much more willing to leave that corner because they're shooting 17% from three. Like if that shifts, a lot of this stuff looks different and Tyler's lanes open up a lot. So I think that's uh, kind of an important thing to mention, uh, but that's going to be kind of the difference maker. Like, yes, is you have to win two of the next three, but Jimmy Butler just scored 40 points and Victor Oladipo had a pretty good game. Bam down the stretch played a little bit better. They need Tyler Hero to win the series. Like they really do. We talked about, uh, I know we haven't mentioned it a lot yet, but James Harden just had a game. Maxie's pretty much had a couple games. And Bede, we know what he does. Danny Green had a game. Tobias Harris actually had a game. So every player in the starting lineup has kind of had their moments already. They need Tyler Hero to step up over these next three games if they really want to put a stamp on it. I'm totally with you. And I also think um, the idea that Bam's points were empty, like Ethan snuck that in there as he was driving. I'm not buying that. Like, listen, Bam Adebayo was nine of 12. He was efficient, 21 points up against Joel Embiid who scored 24. And I know that it, that's like just kind of box score comparison stuff. I know that they're, that the a level of attention around Joel Embiid is different, but Bam was really defending him well late in that game. He was really with the coverage all over him, denying him the basketball so that they had to find other looks and guys made tough shots. Um, and there were some dumb fouls, obviously, down the stretch. So I just – I think Bam played a – considering he was in foul trouble and considering the kind of the momentum that the series, the kind of the, the tone of the series, I felt like Bam had a much better showing tonight, and that should be recognized, although I know Heat fans don't, don't want to hear that shit tonight. He, he had a really good stretch late, I just want to say. Like, he felt like he really turned it up in that final stretch. Like, it looked like they were going to turn the corner and then Harden basically went – uh, flashback mode. But if that didn't happen, we might be sitting here talking about Bam a little bit more because I just feel like you need that Bam through the whole four quarters to your point, because I feel like that was the point where you're saying, okay, we saw it in this against second units early when Embiid went out and he's against Paul Reed again. It was like, okay, this guy's putting his fingerprints on the game. And then all of a sudden Embiid's in late, he's making good plays defensively. It's bleeding into the offensive stuff. You just need consistency with that. Like barring the foul trouble and everything. I feel like it's there. Like he's able to do it. We know that. Uh, but it's just consistency. No, that's so true. And that's, I mean, we just, 
we keep coming back to it. And eventually it's going to be something that Bam can't run from, even if the no ceiling heads like myself are still defending him. Um, James Harden did have a game, Brady. And uh, like, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised that James Harden can pull out a 30 point playoff game, you know, like a, in this kind of stretch run, because even when Dwayne was in a much, uh, well, I don't know about much worse physical uh, condition because I think Dwayne is probably still in better shape than James Harden today. But even when Dwayne was really at the tail end of his career in a way that Harden is not yet, he could pull out a 30 point game out of nowhere. So that doesn't surprise me. I felt like tonight was his night. Um, there was going to be one of these nights uh, from James Harden. Um, so that it doesn't worry me as much, but to your point, like when you see, uh, Maxi continuing. They have no answer for him so far. They can't stay in front of him. Uh, Tobias Harris, his buckets were timely. He was efficient. Um, Danny Green still is annoying because he's three of four from three. So that means you can't really leave him. So there are, I mean, there's plenty to clean up. I mean, it's so weird when you out rebound them and you have less turnovers than them, but you know, the shooting, I keep coming back to this is two games in a row. I said it couldn't happen again and it did. So that's egg on my face. The heat shooting was an absolute disaster. They finished this, uh, Game four, seven of 35 from three, that is 20%. That is a disaster. When a, when a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael Robert and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are third-generation contractors in South Florida, so they continue to maintain their sterling reputation. Um, and, and it's extremely important to them that they handle every client with the utmost um, care. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. This is Water Cleanup of Florida. They're also a licensed building contractor. They provide A to Z service, one-stop shopping for every busy homeowner or business owner. Uh, no need to bring in any other contractors. They'll handle it all for you. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell. That's 954-579-0356. Again, Michael at Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-579-0356. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. Um, all right. So quickly, uh, we got I got a quote from Eric Spolster. I'll read that. And then, um, Brady, let's talk about maybe, you know, a couple of the adjustments that you really want to see. Um, and then anything that you just want to sneak in here. I'm probably um, trauma blocking some of what took place tonight and just... Uh, avoiding discussing it so if there's anything that you want to unpack from tonight but really looking ahead to game five but Spo, this is a, a quote that alex um who's on the press conferences now the bigger story was not being able to defend them disrupt them not being able to keep them off the free throw line in key moments we weren't able to get to the kind of defensive stops that we're accustomed to so suppose putting this more on the defense than the offense and we haven't talked as much about the defensive end um, anything on defense that you think uh, is a major adjustment that they can pull out of the hat. I mean, it's kind of weird with Embiid when you don't have the size necessarily, you got to get creative, which they did tonight with the depot coming in and PJ and, and stuff like that. But Brady, what are you looking for in game five on how they defend Embiid? Yeah. I don't know how they can go much different. If you're talking about a team that's going small, like it's just really hard to do. I think 
the major thing I think everybody's immediately going to point to is maybe don't soft switch every time and put Bam on the perimeter. Like there's got to be a point where you say, okay, we're doing a good enough job fronting, but the issue is that we have Max Schroes and Kyle Lowry as our backline defenders. If they do make that pass over the top, there were plenty of times where they tried to make that pass. It hits the rim and they're going the other direction. Uh, the fronting is not the problem. It's just like you need Bam at least in the action somewhat around Embiid. If it's a help defender, if it's straight up, if it's fronting, uh, I feel like that has to be the only thing. I feel like there was points there. Yes, like Philly made shots. They got it off kickouts, and that's what happens when Embiid's on the floor because you're so focused on him. But I feel like maybe the flying out at shooters could be a little bit better on rotations. Like, it feels like there's so many points there. Like, once again, like, let me restate that that's what happens when you're playing Embiid. Like there's so much ball watching when that happens and eyeing him in the middle of the floor that of course it's going to happen. But uh, that kind of ties into the Harden thing. Like, yeah, there was some times where he was getting contested looks and he was just playing really well, but he's the release valve on that team. Like that's the guy that you're kind of dipping off of at the top of the key when they make the entry pass, that he's going to get those top of the key looks when you're a little delayed. So I don't really know what else they could, they could do there. They threw in a bunch of zone, uh, which I think is, much easier to dissect when, when Joel Embiid's the one in the middle. Like, it really staggered them thinking back to game two because they didn't have anybody to flash middle. You're forcing Tobias Harris to get it going to post-up mode. Yeah, that's a win for Miami. Going to it here, you kind of have to go into it if you're Miami because you're going small, but then it's also like Embiid's probably going to pick us apart with it. So it's kind of pick your poison, I feel like, with a lot of this. Uh, I think 15 minutes of Matisse Dybul could probably be utilized a little bit more. Yeah, he's two of three, one of two from three. I know he knocked down that one three uh, in the corner, but you live with that. Like, I feel like there has to be a, a point where like other teams like to say, okay, we're going to continually pick on Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, these type of guys until they stop us. I think you say we're going to totally just with, if Matisse is on the floor, we're going to dip off of him and utilize him until he makes us respect him enough. So I'd say that would be just the one minor matchup thing. Uh, but other than that, I feel like they just have to fight over screens at some level. Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like what we saw, everybody who has the game on DVR at the crib, go watch Bam in the last, I don't know, five minutes of the game and the way that he increased his energy level and the way he moved his feet and the way that he was um, just really uh, active. Like, they're going to need that from the, from the beginning. I don't see any other way but literally trying to just – deny the entry into Embiid and figure out some kind of way on the back end to, to, to stop them. I, I mean, I'm out of answers other than that, because really this is all going to harken back to the fact that if they shoot merely at the year at, at their season average of 38%, we're at, we're talking about a different result. So, I mean, that's something that we have to watch eventually. That's uh, a narrative that I'm not going to be able to continue to push on our listeners, but for now I am not panicked. No masters of panic, as Shaq called Stan Van Gundy. Um, They're heading back for game five in their home gym. And uh, that's something to feel strong about. I feel like the shooters come back. The role players play better. Harden plays worse. Um, so all is not lost. I know this sucks to, to lose two on the road, especially to Philly. Of all people, you know, I hate losing to Philly. But um, the series ain't over. And I feel like, uh, you know, game five – is uh, the Heat will, will, will bounce back. And I feel like Spolstra will have 
the requisite amount of time to make adjustments. Maybe you see some lineup shifts because guys like uh, we've talked about won't be available. So there's lots to look ahead to. Let's not get our heads down too much because the heat are not approaching it that way. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back the rest of this week to cover the entire series as we get you set for game five. Brady's throwing his hand up. So that means he wants the ball. It's late in the shot clock. Uh, hit us. I just have to say, because I know listeners will probably hate to listen to this whole pod and not hear Duncan Robinson's name, at least for a second, because I feel like that's what everybody's screaming about. I, on tried, Twitter, to, at least. I tried to get through. I just have to say that I, I think that is the adjustment here. Like if there's a point where to utilize something, looking down this, this roster, when I was sitting here looking at the stats, you're saying, okay, there's a soft spot with PJ Tucker that we know that can be an offensive plug at times. Kyle Lowry writes right now is kind of has limitations. If Max Struess isn't shooting well, that's three holes in the starting lineup. Okay, now we're moving to the bench here. We could say Gabe Vincent's plugging in for Kyle Lowry. But if you're a team that revolves around depth, it doesn't have to be that you run a 10-man rotation in a specific game. It doesn't mean you have to use these same guys over and over. But there has to be a shorter leash for some yep. and to Options. some degree. Because you have so many options. You can go down the line and you could say, okay, maybe Gabe Vincent isn't defending at the level we want. We can go to Caleb Martin. Maybe this guy isn't shooting well. We can go to Duncan Robinson. So I feel like that's the next move here. Like this is a team that is not totally – like we saw what they did to get to this first seed. They didn't do it over overpowering top-level talent. They did it using Omer Yurtsevins for, for random stretches to let it work. And I'm not saying that that he should play – in this circumstance, he was in because... straight clothes tonight, which I found to be interesting. I, I don't think he was suited up. Oh, I did not. I did not know that. But uh, I know one guy that wasn't in street clothes, and that was Duncan Robinson. I feel like there was there was just points in this game. Uh, typically, I know a lot of people were saying it to begin the fourth when they was already run. Like that's too late for me. Like I feel like it's getting to the point now. You're not probably going to build a rhythm by that point. But it's end of the second quarter, midway through the third. I feel like that's the time. Uh, and I feel like there is going to be a shorter leash moving forward. I feel like that is the lineup adjustment. And specifically, let's say Gabe, uh, Kyle, let's say he sits and Gabe jumps in there. It's really hard to say uh, that Duncan doesn't jump in. I know Ethan made the point before about Duncan or Struess. Like, they're not going from Struess starter to Struess out of the rotation. Like, I just that's not happening after one game. But I think there is a way to utilize both. There's no reason right now in a time that you need shooting more than anything you don't need an extra ball handler. You probably don't even need an extra defender at this exact moment. You need an extra shooter. So I feel like I think Max Schultz and Duncan Robinson both play decent into the next game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's time to give Duncan a shot. And, uh, and then also straight up, man, I want Bam Tyler and I want Jimmy playing 35 plus minutes. Um, and I, I don't care. Well, let's live and die with those results. So I'm with you there, but I do think Duncan is a guy that we will see. And I'm glad that you mentioned him. Cause I kind of, uh, skated through this episode, not wanting to mention, um, the obvious that that's a guy they need to go to because he does have the ability to, uh, provide that offensive avalanche that they may need, uh, coming up in game five. So, uh, thank you for throwing that in there, Brady. That's a late in the shot clock, but a very efficient use of it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Ethan will be back rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.